Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast for agents by agents, hosted by Jeff Seabock and Phil Sexton. Jeff and Phil run a residential real estate team that will close over $250 million worth of homes in 2018, and they are sharing their insights on growing a team and winning in the living room with actual buyers and sellers. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 45 of The Solution Real Estate Podcast. hey Your yeah. co-hosts, Phil Sexton and Jeff Seabock. Here we are talking about the fact that it's time today to put the consumer first in real estate. We are hosting this podcast because we don't feel that that's talked about. The consumer gets enough love in our world. All of the coaches talk about the agents and how uh, what agents should are agent centric models and not consumer centric models. So we're trying to mix it up, but we can't do it alone. Right. right. Well, yeah. I mean, we are scouring the country to find the leading agents because it is clear that most agents still are unsure of what put truly putting the consumer first is. And so we're excited to have, we're coming off. We're going in scouring the country. We're going to Chicago today. And, you know, there's some people here in Arizona that think Chicago is in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but not us, right? <laughs> we have Tommy Choi. Let's bring him on. Tommy, welcome to the show. Give him a round Thank round you round. for having me. There's people in Chicago that think we are in Illinois, too, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. We're not the only spot. Realtors. Yeah, they're realtors from Illinois. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so... For those people, thank you, Tommy, for agreeing to come uh, come aboard with us today. And I just want to give our listeners a little bit of insight into the massive amounts of business that you do. And then we'll talk about why, how we found you, because that was through a personal referral, which I've heard are good in this business. Yes. Referrals are yes. good. Yes. yes. All right. So, Tommy, you and your partner, Josh, founded a, a Keller Williams Market Center in the beginning of last year? Yes. January 2017. And prior to that... We uh, we partnered up and created a team, the Weinberg Choi Residential Team, uh, in two thousand seven. Wow! Oh wow! You got yeah. you got history. Got history. You guys get along. Grinding. Yeah. Well, congratulations on keeping a partnership together that long because that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's got us beat. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, Thanks. and uh, you are also consistently ranked in the top twenty five real estate teams in Chicago, which puts you in the top one percent of the Chicago Association of Realtors top producers. And uh, I think uh, $80 million million around that figure a year in business. Yeah. yeah. A hundred, like 150, 160 transactions. Yep. Right around there. And 2 million to GCI roughly. That's, uh, you know, and our average price points a little, you know, um, roughly around that 650 price point here, heavy in the condo market in Chicago. You know, we're a very vertical market. Awesome. And I, you know, I'm actually proud to say that you are a past president of the Chicago Association of Realtors. And current president, actually, right now. Yeah. Current president. Wow. You talk about esteemed guests. I love them. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to volunteer in the industry. Thank you. And for being on our podcast. I appreciate that. I'm hoping you got a lot of help because that's a lot of stuff so far. I'm not done. (laughs) We got more. All right, good. You are currently serve. Oh, currently, I missed that word. Is the 135th president, and you, but you are the first Korean American president in the association's 135 year history. Yes. Well done. Yes, and I'm a so first Korean uh, in this country. So, a product of immigrants from South Korea. So, it's a proud moment to stand on the stage and have my parents there. That's awesome. Well done, sir. Well done, Thank sir. You. So, you also have. Um, 
National Association of Realtor Volunteer, and it looks like YPN Advisory Board Chair as well. You you are involved. I wonder though, is because I've been. We have a lot of clients that move from Chicago to Arizona, so now I have a lot of friends from Chicago because they're clients that move here. Right. And when I went to Chicago. Uh, walking on the streets, NAR's base is in Chicago. So is there more pressure on the local? Oh, Chicago Association? Chicago, is, is it As Illinois? Phoenix, or, which yeah. is a long plane right away. Right, because you got uh, a lot more national influence. So is there a lot more pressure, you think? That's a great question. No, there's no, I don't think there's more pressure. I think there's a lot of opportunity to be able to have that access with, you know, uh, the good folks at NAR and just, you know, NAR's leadership as well. But no, no pressure at all. If anything, it's a little bit uh, motivating to really dive in deep with that because of the opportunity that they are. I mean, the Chicago Association of Headquarters in the NAR building, the realtor building. So it's nice having them as neighbors. Right. Do they subsidize the rent? <laughs> just kidding. Don't, don't yeah, answer that. <laughs> I wish. Right, no, so we, we pay fair market value. That's for sure. Fair market value. Good, good, good. So, um, Nobuhada is somebody that a lot of our listeners, I think, have heard of before. We've talked about him on the show. We've, um, he's he's been in Arizona to talk about trends and things that he's seeing around there. And as I was searching for um, realtors around the country who are doing a good job of putting consumers first, I called him up and said, "Hey, Nobu, who do you know who you think is doing a good job?" And he spit out your name before I think I finished answering the question. As you were right, which well done. So not too high expectations out there, but we're looking for some good stuff. No, <laughs> but he said you and your partner Josh were somebody were were agents that were taking care of consumers, and so which is why we reached out to you so that we could have this conversation. And then when we started promoting the fact that you were coming on the show, an agent that we work with here locally, whose name's Matt Dussold, that moved from Chicago, said. He said that he had done a couple cross sales with Josh uh, before he moved over yeah. that uh, he had good things to say. So I just yeah. want you to know you're coming in with a couple of people that it's a great small world. Apparently it's a small world. And yeah. And Nobu's a great guy. He's a treasure for our industry. And uh, I'm glad he's at NAR uh, looking out for looking out for us realtors. Yes. And he's I think that he's a very good uh, public speaker. So when he oh, goes around, yeah, yeah, his slides are on point. He, his data is on point. It's good to hear his take on things. And we actually have uh, implemented a couple of things that we learned from Nobu most recently. Absolutely. The, the photos, the family photos after the fact. So yes. No, was, it was, uh, uh, we was are always one. looking to catch some nuggets from Nobu. Um, cause he's always throwing out some jewels. So, yeah. So no. what are you seeing in, in Chicago these days when it comes to real estate? It, I assume it's a, it's gotta have some differences than Arizona. What's yeah. That? You know, I'll tell you, um, under the, giving you a look under the hood of the car in Chicago, the last 90 days, at least we've started to see a little shift, uh, going, heading towards a little bit of a correction right now. Um, you know, I'm a total numbers and uh, st stats geek. So, 90, I want to say about, you know, 10%, uh, 11% of the north side of Chicago has seen a dip in closed sales year over year. And, you know, we know if we have what percentage about just the first uh, roller coaster cart to go down before prices do. But, you know, it's still a thriving market. We have a ton of cranes in the skyline. Um, majority of them are high end luxury apartment buildings. Um, but, you know, it's it's a good time. The good thing about Chicago, uh, the unique thing about our market, and being the largest city in the Midwest, is that we're very transient. So there's always a revolving door 
of buyers, sellers, people moving here, moving back out home to wherever they're from. And we're by a major body of water. So, you know, last time I checked, you can't roll around. So it's a very unique uh, market to be in. So, Tommy, do you guys just because in, in Arizona, I don't know that this is as we learned as, as we spoke, speak to agents around the country. We have, you know, almost five million people. And then all of the realtors, which is about 50,000 currently share one MLS. Is that the way it is in Chicago or that do you is, have multiple is there yeah. segmentation? We, yeah, we have um, about 15,000 members of the Chicago Association of Realtors. Um, and we're all part of the same MLS. And to be honest with you, pretty much Northern Illinois is all linked into one MLS for the majority. So um, it is nice. I hear a lot of stories from my friends across the country where they have to input listings into three different MLSs and all that. Gratefully, I don't have to, uh, nor do the Chicago realtors here really have to worry about that. So currently we have, let's say, 17,434 homes on the market, like, and that's about 2.3 months of inventory. What kind of inventory ratio do you see in in months? Right now we are, when you look at uh, detached and attached properties, we're roughly around that four and a half months of inventory right now. If this was a year ago, we were closer to three months supply. So it's starting to jump up, you know, and, and, you know, it it makes sense, right? You see your neighbor selling um, and doing really well um, with, with their sales price earlier in the year, you're looking and saying, Hey, why don't I do the same thing? And interest rates bumping up. So it's motivating sellers to, to do that. But that's why a lot of people come down the market right now uh, looking to sell. Yeah. So we saw in the month of September, we saw, about an eight percent decline in demand. Are you saying that because you said that you're starting to see a little bit of a a, a dip? Is that because of the decreased demand, or more because of the increased supply, or both? I think it's a little bit of both. We're, what we're seeing right now, at least in the last, like I said, ninety days, is that less people. When you look at contracts written, that's also down. So less people, less units going under contract. So less people writing with more options to look at. So what I think is, it's just, it's not so much as many demand diminishing. I think it's just that of the demand right now, the sales cycle is taking a little bit longer. So that's yeah. a message to all my sellers. It's just, you need a little bit of patience and pricing correctly to not where the market was in the spring, but where the market is today and where it's gonna to continue to go towards. Yeah, my question that I have for us locally is, is it because because when 2016, when we saw we saw a, a similar dip, uh, actually a little more severe in our case because of the presidential election. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't I don't I'm waiting to see once we get because we, we're starting to Past see midterms. it pick up a little bit again where it was slower in August and September. And now but also we're coming into our season and I don't know if Chicago considers the season November or October, is there a lot more sales in the summertime there or does it, you know, continue to bang through the wintertime? You know what? So historically, the June and July months have been the peak of activity. And and when you see a lot of units trading since 2013, though, that's accelerated forward to mainly April and May. So Q1 has been very busy the last, you know, five years. For us, the winter market typically starts right after Halloween and leading into 
Thanksgiving, you start to see activity slow down some, but it's funny in Chicago, you know, uh, and, and probably in, in a lot of markets nationally, we say after Super Bowl weekend is when the spring market really activates, but we found it January 2nd hits and activity is through the roof. So um, hopefully we'll see a little bit of a reset one more time before any kind of correction hits here. Uh, but last year, you know, being an election year, it is kind of tough to really gauge what those trends are, but we saw a very, very active winter market. December, as far as contracts written, I don't know the exact stat, but it was up pretty high. So, and personally, as our team, we had one of the best Decembers we've had in the last 11 years. So, yeah, no, we nice killed year. it. We had the, Thank you know, what's that? I said December for last year, November, October was a little weaker. I was speaking of the year before, but December was was pretty strong last year. I, I thought uh, maybe tax consequences or something. I don't know yeah. why it was so strong, but yeah. All right. So uh, we ready to dive into some questions? Or let's you, dive in. You're looking for the unless, springboard Unless you got some uh, questions. Do you have any questions for us? <laughs> what? So what? where in uh, Arizona? What, what's your market for you guys? We were, uh, I mean, it's Scottsdale, so I don't mm-hmm. know if you know the difference between Phoenix and Scottsdale, but Greater when, Phoenix. When you we cross, cover the entire yeah, we cover we cover the entire valley. I mean, we're based in North Scottsdale, okay. so we tend to sell probably you know about a, a hundred million in the in around Scottsdale, and then probably a hundred million dispersed around the rest of the valley. Like that's kind of probably how we split up our our production. Nice. A lot, of, a lot of Chicago people in Scottsdale. I know that. Uh-huh. We got them on our team. We got them in our in our past client tag. We There are a lot of Chicago people here. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, pro- the Illinois over the last 15 years that I've been in real estate has been the number two state that people move from. Yeah. So and they usually start by buying a condo. Then they And then when they are about ready to retire, that's when they make the switch where they buy the bigger house here and then they reduce – on your side, that's you know, right. so we're hoping to you know stay in touch after this, so we can send some people back and forth. So. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, so the let's get to the let's get to the questions, Jeff. We have hopefully did Shanley send you the questions ahead of time just to make sure we're not catching you off guard. No, you're not catching. Yeah, he did, and you're not catching me off guard. So yeah, you're good. All right. All right. Awesome. I like it. So good job. You passed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Is James the the rock? Which one is he? he he's the rock. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. That yeah. was awesome. All right. So with the idea of putting the consumer first in real estate, tell me how that we're going to go seller, then we'll go buyer. But we're looking at really three main categories within representing a seller that usually the seller wants two. Usually they can't get all three. So either in putting them first, you're going to get them more money. You're mm-hmm. going to either uh, sell the house faster or you're going to take all the convenience, meaning less hassle. So which one of the those have you been exceeding the consumer's expectations? You know what? And hopefully this is, doesn't sound cheesy, but I do feel all three. Um, and, and here's what it is. And. You know, I'm that a big mind. No, that, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to hear details. I'm figuring it's in different ways, right? So here's what it is. It's not so much any uh, proprietary system that, you know, we thought of that we're implementing. It really goes back to the reason why I'm in real estate and why my business partner, Josh, is in real estate. And ultimately, it's not 
for any kind of financial interest. We weren't here to, you know, because they're like, oh, we can make a boatload of money. It was because it truly is what makes us happy, right? And not so much the idea of the transaction, but it's the relationship building, right? And it goes back to, for me, like I mentioned earlier, I'm first generation in this country. So my grandfather and my parents, they immigrated to the north side of the city. If you, if you all know the World uh, Series champs, Chicago Cubs, they play in Wrigley Field. Uh, Jeff Lewis <laughs> was there. I had to throw that in there. I, I know the Cubs. I didn't. What was that? What was that? How did you describe them? <laughs> um, so in the 70s, they moved to a corner of Irving Park and Lincoln, just north of the stadium. Um, and my grandpa, he obviously came here for opportunity. Uh, but a big chunk of opportunity for him was to one day own his own home. And it wasn't from the practical sense of having like a roof over his head. It was solely pride, right? He wanted to be able to put his stake in the ground and say this piece of Chicago, this piece of America was his because he worked hard to achieve it. So at a very young age, because I was born here, he reminded me that homeownership is not a right. It's a privilege that you have to work hard to achieve and even harder to maintain it. So when I was at that corporate crossroads where I was miserable, I was successful from a W-2 standpoint, but I was miserable mentally because I had no drive and passion at what I was doing. That message always resonated in with me. And that's my journey that got me into residential real estate. And, to be, and it's a way for me to honor him, my grandfather, but it also centers me. So when I'm at the forefront center or the back of the transaction, that's truly what I'm looking at. If I'm sitting across the kitchen table from you as a potential seller, I'm not seeing dollar signs or cents, right? I'm looking and seeing a little image of my grandfather. Whether you're born here or whatnot, you worked hard to have the privilege to own this property. Now I want to show you a return. I want to do it in a timely fashion that fits your perfect real estate transaction. And I want to take all the turbulence out of the landing and make it smooth as possible, but all reverts back to where my journey began. And so it's all mindset for me. And as silly as it sounds, and I don't think you guys would find it silly because I feel like we're cut from the same cloth here. It's taking that financial aspect out and putting it second or third. That's just a result of what we do. That really centers everything for me and makes me look at things and our entire team because that's our culture through a different lens that just is so much clearer and puts their priority first now i i'm starting to understand how you got elected to be president of the scottsdale <laughs> association of realtors <laughs> yeah, oh chicago what did i say scottsdale chicago absolutely um well said well said and that's it because i meet with a ton of you know um, agents that are either looking for opportunity on our team or, you know, to join our market center. And sometimes there's people that hit that corporate crossroads. They come here because they see, um, you know, maybe people like us or friends doing really well in real estate and, and, and seeing the financial success and returns of it. And that's what's driving them. And that's okay. I'm not saying being financially driven is a bad thing. However, I do think that can lead to burnout. And really when you understand what your purpose is here, and that makes you the nucleus of the transaction, everything you start to see putting the consumer first naturally, because that's just what happens. Yeah, I mean, I just absolutely awesome. love what you're saying. I think it's spot on. I just want to dig into the details of it. Like I yeah. want to, I mean, as a as an overview, I, you're right. We are cut from the same cloth because this is our whole intent with the the move is that 
we see that most uh, brokerages and most agents are more focused on themselves and therefore the dollar, right? right. And that's screwing up their ability to put the consumer first. So, all right, so let's go to the, the details of it. So what do you do then that helps people get more money for their house? Yeah, I mean, so first and foremost, uh, you know, because I, I still am in production on the listing side. Mm -hmm. My first thing I always look for and ask for for my clients when I'm, before we even begin our conversations, I always want to know my goal is to deliver the perfect real estate transaction. That being said, I want to know what does that look like to you, right? And ultimately what that is now, that I've just done the ultimate needs analysis and now I'm going to find out what that is that I want to deliver, right? It's just cheesy because people are like, well, don't they always want the highest return in the shortest amount of time? We all know that's not always the case, right? Everything's scenario based. So that's the start of it. At the core of that, when I have every file of ours has the perfect transaction, what that definition is for every single client. And we bring that back to our team. So our admin team knows, our buyers team know when they're making circle prospecting to get people in the door. And what that does is it makes things one, and we empower everyone because we all know how quickly the market moves to make decisions on the fly. And what that does is it allows our systems to be very black and white. So they know if they're ever at a crossroads, if it doesn't support their perfect transaction, they know not to execute on it. And if it does, they know to move forward on it. Ultimately, that's the core where we piece in our other systems to really help deliver that perfect transaction. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. Okay, so then, all right. So Jeff, uh, Jeff wants to dig. Though. Yeah, dude. Wants I, dig. Want, I, I want to get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, like I mean, what? If like, he all right, let you, me throw out a little something. First. If he lets you off the hook with that answer, I'm I would not, be surprised. Yeah, right? I mean, this he, would be my surprise face. You're gonna rise in the association <laughs> world because you're you're pretty good. All right. So, but I mean, like, so one of the things that we do to help sellers get more money is we help them understand what the market is paying the most for, for mm -hmm. instance, um, in today's marketplace, uh, we see buyers pay more for hardwood floors. And that sometimes we will assist the seller in installing, getting rid of their carpet that's been run over by their kids and their dogs. Right. And then that helps them get them more money. Is there anything that you do specifically other than your mindsets there the teams there and i love the vision but what is it specifically that you're doing to help i don't know maybe it's drive more traffic through the front door but i mean just like what are the tactical things yeah no no, no. I, I love it thank you for that for that direction i need a little guidance there to where we're uh so yes so for us a big big piece is obviously providing the data and not just, you know, the comparables of what price is it, but really enforcing why it needs to be priced where it's at. And a big piece of that, just like you guys who you just explained is really knowing that in order to get top dollar, we need to present a top dollar product. And so we have an, uh, we call our client experience specialist on our team. His name is Paul Smith. He basically does that design, design consult with all of our sellers before we hit the market. And it's bringing in our contractors that we have plugged in part of our team to do any of those enhancements, right? We all know white shaker cabinets in Chicago, at least is the big thing, uh, Carrera marble. So those 
updates. Wait a minute. Is that, is that just Chicago? I thought that was all of HGTV. <laughs> That's anywhere yeah. that HGTV is. Whitechaker's cabinets for us is big as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, have oh, you, guys, yeah. you guys get like the Property Brothers on TV there? Or is that just. <laughs> Yeah, we it's it's all across, right? It's the HGTV syndrome. Doing all those things, a big piece for us is we really leverage AdWords for our listings. Um, and we spend a lot of money retargeting to be able to reach out, not just specific groups, but also act as circle prospecting. Um, because, you know, our team, Tuesday through Friday, is we're all, everyone's on the phone from 9-11. But we realized that we need even more leverage in that. And why not utilize, you know, the Internet and all the all the technology data and tools that we have there. So uh, the retargeting ad works or AdWords, I thought AdWords, AdWords, the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. I just want to make sure that was clear. Yeah. So we, we love retargeting and getting in. To be honest with you, we have a lot of uh, lead generating that comes from that and getting consumers uh in the door for our sellers to really get that top dollar too. Awesome. Yeah. All right. But I want to dig into the, uh, so you have, you said you had a consultant that goes out cause we do too. We call, we have a stager that goes out after the agent lays out what they, they help people do, but the, you actually help people make changes to their house. Yeah. So we, I will, when people ask when I'm there, like, Oh, what, what should I do? I, I refrain from answering those questions because that's not my specialty. I stay out of the way. Paul, our client experience specialist, who comes from that design world, we bring him in the next day. He sits down, does his whole thing, and it's doing a complete prep list of what we need to do to get top yeah, dollar. Yeah. And so part of that also is having that control and having our contractors come in to do a lot of that work. So we are doing, you know, for us, we want speed is obviously an important piece of it to make sure that. This isn't going to be, you know, a 45 day project before we hit the market. Now we've missed every single buyer that we're right. looking for. So we want to get things done within seven to 14 days, have everything timed out to go. So we really want to control the process from that standpoint. So we're working with our team and we know, and while they're not, our contractors aren't, you know, salary payroll, as far as Weinberg Choi goes, they have the understanding because the, the, the opportunities, we, you know, we always say we want to get people in the batter's box um, because of that they're working around our timeframes and they're getting things done. So we go pretty deep and it's all about Does the consumer have to pay for uh, your client experience specialist comes out or that's in the package. That's part of it. That's part of our, our, our service and in the market, yeah. everything that, 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 that's just part of for us. It's, you know, we, we don't try and focus on the result cause we don't have control on that, but we control every piece that leads to that. And that's part of that controlling the controllable. So, we offer all that and it's a huge piece because having Paul who has the credentials of that and also is this different face than me coming in, telling them, being very honest to not what their taste is, but to what the buyers taste right, are. Right, because sometimes they don't like what Paul has to say, right? <laughs> exactly. Paul, Paul's a guy. He's a man. Yeah, so they look at him more than me. We helped fix up about 500 houses, and and during that process, we've learned that you're right. It's better to have sometimes a different a different face and someone that's completely immersed in that. But actually, because they're they're, uh, I think that they love their house and they lo- love it. But it but you know sometimes to get more money, you got to go with what's trendy now, not 
what was trendy maybe when they bought the house, though. Absolutely. I can see why you said more money, faster, and less hassle because you're delivering on all three aspects, and he's hit it out of the park so far. Should we should we switch to buyers? Yeah, we're going to go to buyers now. Is that okay? Unless you got more that you want to throw out there. Because I think that that's awesome. I mean, you're you're helping the client understand what's going to help them sell faster, right? Because when yeah. it's uh, when it's current and I mean, those houses are are getting the most amount of demand. And because you're helping assist them with the process, I think you're hitting on the less hassle because it's and you're offering it at no cost. So you're you know, you're adding volunteer work into the position, which I think is expanding the role of the realtor, which I think is the direction where we think this is going. So Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's also focusing on and Paul, he knows he's focused on areas and improvements that are going to be at a minimum 100 percent ROI. Right. Okay, can I can I pick nice. on can Did I pick on that? Yes. That's good. Yes, but I want to pick on Tommy a little bit. Can I pick on him? Because he doesn't know me well. Well ask him. Well, I don't understand why <laughs> you're not the expert. Because to me, I'm uh I think if you're a data guy and you like I've been in seventeen thousand houses. Yes. I think I think the ruler the rule is that the agent should be the one driving that. I mean, you have to have some say. I think he's giving all the credit to somebody else because he's just a great guy. But I mean, you have to have some input because you're the one out seeing the properties. I mean, if Tommy's doing all the fixing up, you're seeing the results in what buy, who buys and who doesn't buy. Paul's fixing up. Did maybe Tommy trained Paul? You, you know what? I then that's a really good point. I will say that if if a client comes to me and they want, hey, here Paul basically put together this list, and here's the five big rocks that we need to move. Honestly, what, what do we need to do on that? I back Paul 100% say all five of them, right? I don't even have to look at it because here's the thing. I may know the trends, but he is, he is, you know, we're really grasped the idea of focus mastery on our team. And that's what he's doing more. While I might be in more homes doing those listing consultation, whatnot, he's in from a design standpoint, looking at different things, right? So I might be, I know if I get in the batter's box, I'm looking just for a fastball. I know I'm going to score every single time on that. He's looking just for curveballs. So he's mastered that and looking at things that I would 100% miss, right? For me, I might come in and say, oh, yeah, throw shiplap everywhere, right? Because it's HGTV. But we know that's not going to do anything for them. And so Paul scales it down. I think hits hits harder right in the sweet spot of where that ROI starts to come in. You know what I noticed about this guest, Jeff? Huh. He uses baseball analogies. A lot. Yes. Phil <laughs> loves baseball analogies. Nice. Right? So like- <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my favorite baseball analogy. And that's how I talk about. Um, so have you noticed this season in baseball that the shift has been on more than ever before? Yes. Like the, the outfield moves over more than right. ever before. Right. I think that that that's how I look at our real estate world right now is that we have to make this we the agents like what you're talking about doing on the seller side, I think is excellent. And that is this shift that now most of the agents that are doing a bunch of business and taking care of their clients are doing. Let's figure out how to help that house look better so that it sells for more. And I mean, the stats that you threw out saying that you don't recommend they do anything that isn't going to get a hundred percent back of their money is excellent, right? Because yeah. it, it does become a numbers game. Why is the shift in place so much now? Because it's a numbers game, right? You have to play to where the majority of the people are going to hit the ball or 
to the field that they're, that, that player is going to hit the ball to the majority of the time, just like you have to play to the majority of what the buyers are looking for. Exactly. I mean, my, my question to you was more based on that, you know, because there's interior designers mm-hmm. and then there's consultants for top dollar valuation. Mm-hmm. And to me, they're not the same and that the client experience person can only do their, be- their, their job better in knowing what actually sells at what price. Cause we see if the property has, uh, you know, pulls on the cabinets right. and if it has uh, courts and it has hardwood floors and it has redone bathrooms that we're even seeing a two to one or three to one return. But can the, you know, cause we also have the, the in-house consultants, but they're, they, they can't, they don't know, does it, did it sell for this? And, and how did that compare to the other house that sold for that? Like, it's harder for them to see that. And I think that, that that's your, I'm giving you, I'm trying to give you more credit and you're just keep on trying to flatting. Like, like he's way better. You know so here's the one big piece of information. I failed to, to mention in that is that Paul client experience specialist for our role is anything that supports the client's positive experience. And for him as well, he is a showing agent. He's a lead showing agent. I had okay. to wonder because Good. like the, because, uh, the, Hey, I told you he was going to dig. Yes. The, well, because <laughs> the, the gals on our team are so, like you said, focused on helping the experience that they can't be out. That's why we have to have the agents in the field supplying that because you have to have real world right. experience to be like, to know what sells. well, and you know, when the trend starts to change, where it's like now all of a sudden vinyl flooring at a lower price point may be cheaper and better to install than than tile. So, like, wh- when does that work and when doesn't that work? So, thank you for letting us find. Like, we're like pulling teeth yeah. out of them, right? Now we know why he's so dialed in. That's spectacular. I love, I mean, yeah. All right, cool. So uh, we're going to switch to the buyer now, Tommy. Thank you for your excellent response. I mean, we want to know what Paul does on the buyer side. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys, is there anything that you do on the buy side or is it mostly sell side focus and it's okay that it is? No, so, yeah. so obviously I have my hands in the pot from the standpoint of, you know, also being the rainmaker, the team with the buy side. For us on the buy side, it's definitely a lot more processed with the different touches that we have so meaning this obviously from start to finish right marketing or i'm sorry buyer consultation is done with let's say krista one of our lead buyer specialists she's you know figuring out what their perfect real estate transaction looks like files all that gets that search started then our concierge executive executive concierge comes in and takes over all the communications for scheduling so that way, one, Krista can focus all her time on finding properties, right? Whether it's off market, on market, making her phone calls to look for other opportunities to support that buyer. Our executive concierge, all she's doing is focusing on making sure that when the client wants to see the home, there's someone there to respond instantaneously to get them in, right? Because what's changed since 2007 when I started in this business is that now push notifications, right? Everything is being, all the searches are being started on this thing, mobile phone. They're getting some 
quicker than sometimes MLS searches are sending results over. Kind of so, annoying, huh? That they got a one leg up on us, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. Having someone there to communicate, that's been a huge because our clients, they feel like one, the urgency sets in for them. That's being addressed. And someone responding saying, I'm on it. We're going to figure out a time to get you in. Stay tuned versus right traditional buyer that's doing it all, they come back from six hours of showing back to their inbox and they see that six hours ago a client wanted to see a property and now they go to take a look at it and it's already under contract, right? So that piece of it's huge. And then having Paul or any other client experience specialist go and be available to one, show those properties on a moment's notice. And cause she, he's been in the batter's box so much seeing these pitches he has an expertise and it allows our buyer specialists to focus on what they're really good at. And that's the relationship building and the negotiating. So we really um, have, it, it's truly a group and a team community effort here to make sure that on all aspects, we're delivering at a high level when it comes to the client's experience. Yeah. So the three things we were looking at was less hassle, less time and best house, best deal. So, I mean, I can clearly see how that would, the less time actually helps them get the best house for the best deal because they're on it immediately. So I, I absolutely love that. Also, I think being able to have a, you know, not have, cause that's what we see is the agents are getting busier and that the true team aspect is coming more into play. And those that can run a, a really well-oiled team because cl clients have more needs than one person can serve and that they want more of a corporate you know, you mean, what, what Jeff's trying to say is that you need a first baseman, you need a second baseman, <laughs> you need a third baseman, and you need a pitcher. There's a catcher. Yeah. Maybe sometimes you need a relief pitcher, yeah. right? Like if you <laughs> can't get it in. Said, he's like, we got, we got the lefty that came in or the, the, uh, the righty specialist with the little, little the hook underneath. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I love to see, I hear what you guys think, but I really, when I look at, residential real estate 10 years from now I, it's just hard for me to really picture the oh, hold on tommy let me rub it a little bit okay let's go there to your crystal ball <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't know how a, a, the solo single agent can really deliver on a high end and own a scalable profitable business i really do think teams you know and a lot of times people when they hear teams they think oh like a boatload of buyers agents and yada 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 but just Solo agent with admin support, you need to have that. And I don't know that in the future how we're going to see uh, agents really doing that by themselves and not delivering on a high level. The word I think of when you talk like when you say that is leverage. Of course. Right? Teams just have the ability to uh, leverage resources more so that we don't have to be generalists. We can be specialists. And what did you call it? Agent of mastery? Was that the phrase? Yeah, you used? Yeah, yeah. Focus mastery. I mean, that's that's really focus, what, we're, focus, yeah. what we're looking at. Yeah, no. I think that that's the that's the difference is that at a, at a team level, you can um, uh, have people that are focused on doing this task 400 times a year, whereas from a single agent point of view, that task gets done 12 times a year. Right. Well, and where I, what I took out of what you're saying is, is where I see the direction going as well, is that it's a cohesive unit as a team that has different pieces 
that maybe an individual can't carry themselves. And it's not fair to the, I think it's just the evolution of what is considered an agent. And it's, it's unfair because there are going to be great agents that are going to be, that are dominant. But the reality is, is that everybody needs a vacation and sometimes you need time off, but the client has needs when those things are going on and that you have to have a level of consistency in the experience across you know, versus, ha- you know, I just, I think the team's going to be able to, to help the consumer more, not that that great agent couldn't do it. It's just when you have things that are focused mastery and you have different specialties that, you know, well, what was the saying from that meeting we were at a couple of weeks ago? It's client- called a squeeze play. I'm really good at squeeze play. Oh know. no. Okay. <laughs> <But> the-, <laughs> the client is the client's expectations are for a corporate experience. Yes, we, we and I think that it's uh, this is the change that you're talking about is that agents still provide a great personal experience. Individual agents, you know, they're they know when their kid where their kids went to school and they know, you know, when they get their hair done and all that stuff. But the client's expectations are now becoming and expect a corporate like response Right. And that's something that ind- individual agents can't consistently because as an individual agent gets busier, they're just with people all the time and they can't respond to the needs. It's just the, the change of what the uh, consumer wants and that we believe that the consumer is going to get what they want is a corporate, more corporate like response that you're kind of creating uh, with yeah. your team there. And we're uh, just uh, off to you. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, coming on the show. Hand. I mean, like it is. Uh, very impressive. So thank you. Well, how about, uh, is there any questions or anything that you would like to add as we wrap this up? Do we, got, let's see, do we have anyone out there? To Karen Barnes said, who's on first? What's on second? Yeah. Mo's on first? Oh, Paul. Okay. Yes. I don't know. Why is Paul on first? He, oh, Paul. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know those Cubs. Yeah. I don't know what their <laughs> <are>. <laughs> so is there anything else out there that you do that you feel is transcending the consumer experience forward into the new world that we didn't discuss yet, Tommy? Not that you have to reveal all your secrets, but if there's anything no. out there that we missed. I'm an open book. Honestly, you know, you know, I, I, I don't want to come off as the kumbaya, uh, you know, baseball analogy. No, that's guy. just how Wubu presented you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really for me. I to to truly put the consumer first, right? That's the thing about our industry. The knowledge it takes to transact, to deliver a white glove client, positive client experience. That knowledge gap can get made up in a day or in a year or whatnot. We all can have that same level, but really it comes down to the purpose of why you are here in this in that seat supporting that consumer or whatnot that really ties to what level of heightened level you can really take that. And that's truly, I, I truly believe at the core of it, you know, having that big passion and understanding the big why, the big buzzword we always talk about because of Simon Sinek will trump and outrun and outlast, you know, someone that's coming here just to see a flash in a pan of making money real quick or whatnot. They could still deliver that high level to consumers or whatnot. But I really do think it comes down to why you're here and focusing in that and letting that project through to the consumers to deliver on a high level. Yeah. Awesome. I like it. Yeah, dude. 
thank you so much. I appreciate it. Do you have any questions for us before we let you go? I'm just super grateful for both of you uh, uh, taking up Nobu on his uh, recommendation as referral. Let me know if I owe some <laughs> referral fee on that one. But really, appreciate you having uh, me here. You delivered uh, a, a great experience for us here in, in being a great example to follow as we're trying to get this. Because I think my the whole idea in developing this is that we got to change the industry and that we're thankful for you being out there because if everybody's focused on a paycheck, then the level of service isn't rising and that we need to rise to the level of the experience to make sure that we can still uh, fight against commission compression. Right? <laughs> but when we're exceeding, no, but when we're, we're exceeding the level of expectations and we're delivering on all of the consumer's needs, then there's more value for everybody there. So 100%. That's what I love about what you guys are doing with this. It really brings us as agents together to look at each other as community instead of competition. And once that happens, that's when the magic really happens in our industry. And really we start to see consumers get put first. You know, in Chicago, 20, I'll give you a story, another stat, if I know you guys have to wrap up. 2017, last year, 1,000 agents in Chicago did at least one deal that did zero deals the prior year. So when people talk about, oh, this is a dog eat dog industry, there's not enough businesses to go around, that's a thousand units. That's market share. Who couldn't use another thousand units, right? We're not gonna run into each other. So the sooner we get a, that wrapped around our minds and we can share like this, help each other out and heighten our business and experiences, you know, there's gonna be no commission compression and you know those different business models we really, at the core of it, will continue to rise on top together as an industry. Awesome. So we do have a question from Karen. She says, I'm a single agent. Don't mind a team. Have had a team. Now I do find limited time. Oh, now I do find limited time. Do you recommend a partner? Question mark. Well, you know, Karen. <sighs> you're, 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 Tommy answered. Oh, okay, Tommy. <laughs> well, we, we already know that Tommy has a partner. John, no, no, no. Do, do, he's, she says... Do I do find do limited time? Do you recommend a partner to her? No, I would not recommend a partner to her. Partnerships are very rare. The fact that Josh and I are still together and a partner is, is I feel like we're the unicorns in, in, in this industry. It's tough to make it. And that's the, that's the one mistake I see a lot of agents make. They say, hey, I'm doing pretty I well. Agree with yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing well. Let's team up and do really well together. It doesn't really work like that. No, I'd say for Karen, yeah. you just need admin help. You really need exactly. to hire an admin. I mean, if you already have that executive assistant, then you need to hire a second admin to give leverage and relief to your current executive assistant. Maybe make that person just a transaction coordinator, a listing manager, and take all the scheduling and EA stuff on someone else's plate. Ultimately, yes. that's the foundation to put consumers truly first. You need to have an all-star admin team because that's the that's the foundation you build upon. So I would say don't do partnerships. Don't do what we did. Yes, <laughs> go the other way. No, I, <laughs> I mean, I I couldn't agree with with, with Tommy more. Is that um, you need someone that's going to help you spend the right time doing the right things, and that's what an admin does for you. Is that I think that too often people look to add buyers agents right away and all that stuff, and really. It just they they make more questions in the office instead of more answers right. when 
it distracts the agent from being their true greatness because they're trying to manage this over here versus just handing off tasks where that agent, and I know that Karen's a great agent, so she can then just stay focused on the, and spending the most time helping please that consumer because that's how she's going to win business. So. Totally. The only way I Thank see you. partnerships work is if you're truly 50-50 on everything and you have the mindset and understanding that some years I'm going to be shouldering all the volume and other years you're going to have to pick up my slack. But no matter what, we're in this together. Where I see partnerships dissolve and not work out is when they have like that, well, for this deal, I'm going to take 80% in this deal because it came from the coffee barista and an Uber driver. We take 20%. We split this into 10% to this pot, and then we'll throw a party with 5%. That's where animosity and resentment build up. That's why I think it's so tough to really have that partnership. And hopefully, I mean, I don't know how you guys are set up, but, you know, I think that's the biggest. You're helping with my negotiations. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it's not the Seabox Sexton team, but after this podcast, it might be. <laughs> and we'll end it with there today. <laughs> See, you should have called me out a while ago. <laughs> Sixty forty. Is that what you said? Uh, did oh, you wait, start wait. your partnership together, though? Did you start out originally? Don't you, tell me. <laughs> Don't you counter me. We're, is, we're taking this conversation offline. Tommy, it's been a pleasure. All right, hey, Thank happy Monday. We'll let you know if we got any extra questions for you. All right. Look forward happy to Monday. connecting with you more, man. Good Take luck care. on your year. Take care. You guys. Oh, wait a minute. Your year is just ending then, right? It just, just, it just started. Oh, so you just got installed. All right. Good luck on your year. Thank you. Man. Does his year end? What? Awesome. President. Oh, the president. Oh, yes. oh I thought you meant his, his year. Business. His no, man. Okay. Come on. We're, right. He knew what I was talking about. Yeah, he knew. I didn't know. All, All right, man. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Solution hosted by Jeff Seabock and Phil Sexton. Stay today by following us on soundcloud.com forward slash Ask Jeff and Phil, or download the Apple Podcast app and search for The Solution, hosted by Jeff Seabock and Phil Sexton. You can find links to all of our social media platforms in our description, including a Facebook group link to The Solution presented by Ask Jeff and Phil. If you have questions, please leave a comment below, and we will answer those questions on Facebook Live, Mondays and Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Mount Santa Claus.